It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we are on campus at the Ohio. Ohio State University with the football team, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Lots of energy. A lot of love in the room here at uh, the Ohio State University with the football team. What we're going to do is uh, award one of the student athletes here with the Caught in the Act Award. And what that is, is uh, you've been caught in the act off the field with high character, uh, with your community service, with your leadership, your student leadership. Uh, Talk to the coaches before the broadcast, and uh, several names were nominated, and it was unanimous. The coaches voted on, and let's have a round of applause for Jack Muhort. Where you at, Jack? Come on up. All right, Jack, how are you? Good, how are you? Let's uh, learn about you real quick. Uh, what's your position? Left tackle. Left tackle. What year are you? I'm a senior. And uh, you've been recognized for your high character and your community service. How does that make you feel? Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm glad my teammates and my coaches hold me in this high regard, so it's an honor. And uh, off the field, let's talk about some of your community service. Um, I hear you helped build a playground. Yeah, uh, as a team, we went over to a local public school and uh, helped you know, re-landscape and build playgrounds and uh, just make it an all-around better place to be. So that wasn't just me. That was the entire team. So that, that's just a small example of the kind of outreach opportunities we have here at Ohio well, State. How about that character that he's not going to take all the credit? He wants to give it back to the team. I like that. You're six, seven, nine hundred pounds. Yeah, that's, that's about right. And when you built the swings and the slide, you didn't test them out, did you? No, they, I don't think they would have supported me. Okay, yeah. well, let's have a, another round of applause for all the student-athletes here in Jack at Ohio State University. Thank you so much. And since the recording of the Jack Muhort Ohio State uh, Caught in the Act Award, Jack was drafted into the NFL by the Colts and is getting ready for his rookie season in the NFL. Congratulations, Jack Muhort from the Ohio State University. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Our next guest is a classic rock expert. He's a radio broadcaster, a morning guy at a rock station. And uh, more importantly to me, he's one of my best friends of all time. We used to work together. Please welcome to the show, Nigel. Finally, it's, it's nice to finally be on the, uh, the Adam Ritz program, the Adam Ritz show, the nationally syndicated Adam Ritz show. Finally, after all these years, you ask me, your, your supposed <laughs> best friend, to be on your show. We're back. Uh, yeah, we're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> I... <laughs> That's a little inside joke. I guess we should explain uh, uh, 11, 12 years ago, maybe longer, 14 years ago, we worked at the same uh, rock radio station. I was uh, in the afternoons, you were in the early evenings, and we did what is known in the industry as a crosstalk, where I would say, hey, Nigel's coming up next, and you'd come in, and we'd talk for about 10 or 15 minutes, and those crosstalks became world famous. 14 years later, we're back, and here we are <laughs> together again. It's Nigel Adam, on the Adam Ridge Show. Adam, I've said it before, you're my mentor you're one of my best friends, and it's it's a pleasure to be on the show here. I can't, that's hilarious. You called me a classic rock expert, although I I, <laughs> I don't 
know what makes me an expert other than I play it for a living, but well, I, I, you know, I do remember the first time I ever heard ACDC's Back in Black. It was on, uh, I was a little kid, and I went to a party with my dad. My dad plays bass. He was in a jam bands in the 60s. And uh, I, I remember going, coming in and, and seeing uh, ACDC, the, the, the vinyl album, and I heard Back in Black playing. And I can remember it as clear as day when I was small, not even 10 years old. And uh, I, I've, I've fallen in love with rock and roll ever since. Wow, that, some would call that child abuse on the part of your dad, dragging no. a nine-year-old to a party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we bring Nigel on the show to talk about... Um, uh, Kiss and Def Leppard. And the reason uh, our worlds now cross, you play Kiss and Def Leppard on uh, the river, oh, 105.5. Yeah. Tell us about uh, your gig there real quick. I do mornings on uh, the Wabash Valley's official rock station, 105.5 The River, 6 to 10 a.m. And yeah, man, we jam out a bunch of Kiss, Def Leppard. It's it's music. It's perfect. Like I was saying earlier, I love, you know, I grew up on classic rock. So 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s now. Not, can you believe that? That's how old we are. 90s rock has become kind of quote-unquote quote, classic now, because we play Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and some of those bands, as well as Rolling Stones and Aerosmith and, and ACDC and that, Kiss. Yeah, that's funny that those <laughs> those early 90s bands, um, STP, Soundgarden, yeah, that's sure. classic rock it, now. It absolutely is. Um, well, your world has, uh, of classic rock has recently bled over to my world of public affairs and social awareness and foundations and charities with the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, I recently uh, went and saw Kiss and Def Leppard. Uh, just a purely, just a social evening. I just went for fun. Um, By the way, can I ask you a question yeah. real quick? Did Kit, one of my favorite Kiss songs is God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Did they sing that? Do you, do you remember if they sang that? Yes, and I, and I have uh, a little <laughs> bit of trivia about that song. I'm glad you brought that up. God gave rock and roll to you. No, don't sing it. Please you. don't sing it. No, I, sing I'm it. not singing it. I just <laughs> want the listeners yeah. that maybe carry the tune in your head now. You may know the mm-hmm. song. I, they didn't play that song at the concert. And I was a little upset because that's wow. the one. Well, I mean, they've got 50 yeah. hits, so they've, they can only play 30 of them. And they played all, nearly all of them. Uh, but they didn't play God Gave Rock and Roll to You. And so I got online for, uh, to play for my friend that song. Uh, and I Googled, well, I, I YouTubed God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Right. And Argent yeah. came up yeah. <laughs> as the... Music video for that song. Old, I, that's an old British band, right? From the 70s, right? Is that yeah. A, yeah. And I had no idea that that was not a, a Kiss original song. And the first time I heard that song was by Christian rock group Petra. <laughs> that that song has been covered over and over again. I heard it on Petra, and then then I heard it on the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure soundtrack. That's when Kiss did it for that movie. You remember Bill? Oh and yeah, Ted's? yeah, yeah. And so ever since then, I heard a Kiss remake of "God Gave Rock and Roll to You." It's been my favorite Kiss song ever since. I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe they didn't sing it. I would have been mad. I uh, I was not as mad that they didn't sing it as I was to find out it wasn't a Kiss song. I, <laughs> they covered um, it, yeah. I and know. you know what? In a little uh, uh, one of the most popular Kiss songs from their catalog is called Black Diamond. Um, and this is the only social awareness public affairs show in America where you'll hear this kind of conversation about Kiss. Uh, Black Diamond is a Kiss song, and when I was in college, one of my favorite bands was The Replacements, and The Replacements on their album Let It Be covered the song Black Diamond. So from age 20 to 32, I thought Black Diamond was a, was an, a replacement song. Nope. 
And then when yeah. I went and saw Kiss, right when they came out with their makeup tour, the reunion tour, I think in 96 or 97, yep. uh, they played Black Diamond. And that's when it, it dawned on me, oh my gosh, this is not a replacement song. And this is the first time I've admitted <laughs> this to anybody, because uh, as a Kiss fan growing up, I should have known that Black Diamond was a Kiss song. So there's your Kiss history between uh, uh, Nigel and Adam. So okay. back to the ALS uh, Ice Bucket Challenge. I go to this concert, Kiss Def Leppard, and I, you know, I liked Kiss growing up, um, but I'm more of a Def Leppard fan. Sure. You know, uh, 83 is when Pyromania came out when I was in uh, ninth grade. So I lived my high school years through Pyromania and Hysteria, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Uh, So I was really fired up to see Def Leppard, and I had not seen them since 1988. So I just go, just a fan. I'm just uh, there to to watch this concert, and I didn't follow any of their tweets. I didn't know what they were going to do. But Paul Stanley, Mm -hmm. the lead singer of Kiss, had tweeted the night before that they were going to do the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge on stage. So the concert ends, and uh, the lights come up. I mean, they did rock and roll all night, party every day. That's their last song. Confetti everywhere, and the show's over. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, they don't leave the stage, but some some lights come up, but they're house lights. They're not stage lights. They're just, you know, the kind of lights that the ground crew would use to clean up the the cups all around the pavilion. And uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and uh, the guy playing uh, Ace Frehley now, whoever that is, they're just kind of (laughs) milling around the stage, looking around. And I'm like, what are they doing? Well, then uh, some roadies come out and then Def Leppard comes out in, in street clothes. Right. And I'm like, what are they doing? And then they bring out baby pools. And I still didn't get it. I didn't know what they were doing. They pulled out what? Oh, baby pools. They pulled out these giant. I saw the foot. I posted the footage of this on our uh, the River's website, 1055theriver.com. And so you're saying Kiss and Def Leppard at the very end of the show, both are out on stage now, right? Yeah. By, the way, by the way, Kiss nominated by Motley Crue, I believe. That's right. That's what I Paul believe. Stanley uh, said. And this was this was great to see because through the show, they're they're playing – uh, characters, uh, you know, their alter egos, the star child and the demon and whatever their nicknames are with the makeup. And, you know, they're, they're, it's all theatrics. It's a rock show. Well, then when those house lights came on, Paul takes a microphone and he goes, okay, so that's the show. <laughs> and uh, now we're going to do this ice bucket challenge for ALS. We were nominated by Motley Crue. And he's talking just like yeah. he's your buddy. Right, right. Like he's the a real guy. Sh- the show's over. He's back to being the Paul Stanley. Sh- the show's right. over. Now I'm Paul. <laughs> and uh, so Def Leppard comes out, and these guys look tiny next to – they're still in their outfits. Yeah. They're still in their high heels. And <laughs> the Gene, makeup. Gene's yeah. got his you know shoulder pads on, and he's just standing there next to you know Rick Allen from Def Leppard, right. the, the drummer with one arm. Yeah, and, yeah. and they're all just – Milling around while the roadies set up the baby pools and bring out the buckets of ice, and um, it was amazing to see just because it was uh, it was fun and funny and entertaining, and also cool to know that of their 24 month t- world tour, this is the only night that they're going to do this. Uh, each band got into a baby pool with a designated roadie behind them and, and dumped the ice. Now, the part I wanted to get across to our listeners on this public affairs show is that each band donated $10,000 to ALS. Uh, and that was pretty cool. And that was, and that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, these ice bucket challenges have been clogging up your Facebook feed might, you know, I've done it, uh, you know, and I, it's all for a great cause, but you know, it's, it's, you know, it's been weeks and weeks. People are still doing it. Some people might think it's starting to get a little annoying, but you know, whatever, because it's raising awareness for ALS and it's raising a ton of money. Bands like Kiss and Def Leppard and Motley Crue are each donating 10 grand a pop. I, I think uh, ALS has, has, has raised over the past couple of months something like $40 million. So 
you know, keep doing it. If it's yeah. keeping raising awareness, I, I don't care if it clogs up the Facebook or Twitter feed or not. I think it's awesome. And the, the fact that Kiss and Def Leppard did it, uh, and that, that again, that footage is pretty funny. It is I've got funny. Some re- I've got some really good camera footage up on our website, too, if you'd like to check that out. I took some pictures with my iPhone at the show. I'll post those uh, pictures of the Ice Bucket Challenge that I took from that concert, and then I'll also post that video uh, from the Kiss Cam, they call it. They have their own yeah. in-house yeah. video production crew, and uh, it is pretty cool. Um, and it's pretty cool just to see these guys, even in their makeup, and <laughs> you know, their makeup's running when the water hits them. I think, I don't know how many of them wear wigs or not, but I think their wigs almost fell off. <laughs> well, Gene, Gene Simmons, by the way, Gene Simmons just celebrated 65 years. 65 years old recently, August I believe uh, 25th is was his 65th birthday. That is I know. amazing. Unbelievable. Those guys are still going hard. Still rocking. And then uh, before I let you go, and uh, thank you for helping us bring awareness, uh, not only to ALS, but for uh, getting involved. You know, do the Ice Bucket Challenge. Not just that. Do, do some other challenge. Sure. Get involved with some other charity that I don't even know about. You know, you, uh, the point is to get off your couch and, and make a difference uh, on planet Earth. And before I let you go. By the way, speaking of Gene Simmons, never touched a drop of alcohol or done a single drug in his life did you know that you know i knew he was sober but i didn't know it was like never Never. in his whole life never you might have to go back and look that up but i believe he's never touched a drop of of alcohol or um um a drug in his life that is that's great to know which which is i mean you think a band like kiss the party lifestyle rocking rocking and rolling for 40 years you know you wouldn't expect that but yeah gene simmons uh, sober as a jaybird and that's uh really part of their huge success yeah uh and it's a great lesson for the rest of us too what i was going to say uh about kiss at that show is that it's so family oriented uh i'm sure kiss through the years in the 70s um early 80s even when they took the makeup off and they're still partying i know they had a video called you know crazy days or crazy nights or whatever they've been accused by family organizations of of being bad for for the family or well, here we are now, and in, in, uh, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and, and these costumes and the makeup, I mean, they're almost like superheroes and, and comic book heroes, and it was a family-oriented show, and I want to give Kiss and Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons all the credit in the world for almost reinventing themselves and rebranding themselves for families. They knew there were children at that concert. They knew there were 50-year-old guys in the audience that probably were making bad decisions in 1975 at their early concerts right. that now are there with their nine-year-old, 10-year-old sons. They both have kiss shirts on. They've got the makeup on. And this was a family show. There wasn't one curse word, not one curse word wow. during this Def Leppard kiss concert with uh, an enormous population of this crowd being really five to 12-year-old kids. It was really cool to see. I can't wait to bring my, I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old, so I can't wait until he's old enough where I could, hopefully Kiss will still be rocking in maybe another five to ten years and I could bring him to a show. You know what? If they're not, they'll, <laughs> if, when Gene's in a wheelchair, they'll have some other guy sure. up there with that makeup on. Yeah. I want to go to that concert with you and your son. <laughs> okay, you're, you're invited. All right, you have to, you, you pick up the tickets, I'll bring my son. I don't okay. even know what that means. I, all right. Well, there, uh, there you have the. Uh, we've reinvented ourselves, yep. Nigel and Adam, back together. We're back, baby. We're back, and, baby. And uh, I'm going to invite you on the show in the future to not only talk about uh, maybe how rock music or classic rock um, 
uh, or any kind of pop music has uh, bled over into the philanthropy awareness world. I know a lot of uh, rock stars. You brought up Gene being never had a drink in his life. A lot of rock stars are are uh, recovering addicts, and they like to share that story because they like to help people that are having addiction problems. So we'll we'll bleed over our two worlds. Bring you back on the show, and also we want to hear about what's going on with the river and uh, in Terre Haute with golf outings or anything else you do in the Haute to raise awareness and money for charity. Um, you can stream my show on. Online, uh, those of you listening at 1055theriver.com. I'm on again uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. And uh, I, I rock out. We play a lot of music. I come on in between the songs and try to be as entertaining as possible. Take a lot of phone calls. First time in the history of that station, people can call in and request a song. So uh, again, it's 1055theriver.com is uh, where you can find me. I, I don't, do you want to do Twitter too? Or? Yeah, let's see. What's your Twitter uh, personally? Uh, at Nigel Now. It's N I G E L N O W. All right, I follow you, and uh, I love the tweets, and we encourage our listeners to check out at Nigel Now on Twitter. We will bring you back, sir. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Adam. Appreciate it. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. And the show rolls on. We are uh, pleased to have two guests with us from Murray State University in the shining, glowing state of Kentucky. I don't even know. Does, has anybody ever described, described Kentucky as a shining, glowing state? I would say they haven't. Just, you'd say just from the great state of Kentucky? Yes. Okay, from Murray State University in the great state of Kentucky, we have Chad Denson and also Aaron Coughlin joining us uh, from Murray State. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great. And Aaron, how are you? We're doing excellent here in Orlando. All right. We are at uh, a national convention for your fraternity, Alpha Tau Omega. That's uh, where we met. We're talking about leadership and community service and being better men. And I've learned about an initiative uh, somewhat that I'd like to hear more about from your mouths about what you're doing with the Wounded Warrior Project out of Murray State. Yes, this is a philanthropy that we started last year where we're trying to organize the whole community to come as a whole to donate money. Um, so that way we can buy a track chair for those that have been overseas and have been through the struggles and, you know, have received disabilities that they couldn't, um, you know, face a day-to-day life and enjoy everything that everybody else can as far as going outdoors and things of that nature. So we designed this week where uh, we bring the sororities in and the community to do an obstacle course um, to experience bingo. So that way, you know, for those who actually can't do the physical part of it can still enjoy and, you know, help donate to the, our great cause. Um, and we're also doing a 5K paint run um, where everybody gets white T-shirts and run and we throw dry paint on them and everything like that at nighttime. And it kind of just boosts the spirit of the community and gets everybody together to help donate to those who are, you know, less fortunate from being overseas and to try to help out for a better, for a better cause. Okay, so a track chair is the ultimate goal. And I've uh, seen this on television. It's kind of like an extreme ultimate uh, wheelchair that uh, can go through any terrain. Um, it's kind of got the wheels like a uh, like a tank, you know, with the I guess a track around yeah, uh, several reels. So think of think of the way a, tr- a tank propels itself or moves along the terrain on uh, on a personal people mover or a chair, so that uh, guys that have been wounded in in war for the Wounded Warrior Project to help these guys out, they can get in this chair, they can go hunt. They can go down to the river. They can go across a beach, across rocks, uh, boulders. They can go hiking uh, in these track chairs. And if I'm not mistaken, these chairs are about 
$25,000. Yes, they are, and that's why we're trying to get the whole community as a, as a group to help donate to our cause so we can go down to Nashville, present the chair, and show our spirit to our veterans and everybody else who's been disabled. Um, through helping us get our freedom, we can give them back some of the opportunity to enjoy life as we enjoy it while they're doing the hardships that we sometimes can't face. Is uh, Nashville the national headquarters of the Wounded Warrior Project? Why Nashville? Uh, Nashville, just because it's close, it's convenient, and we've talked to some of the people down there, and they usually deal with a lot of the you know, guys who are disabled, and that's where most of the amputee vets are because there's a VA clinic right there in Vanderbilt, and it's more close to home. It's not so much of a haul, so that way we can all travel down there as a collective group and present it uh, as a whole and show our chapter spirit down there. That is just awesome to hear. That's Chad Denson from Murray State, and we bring on your brother now, Aaron Coughlin. I want to hear more about this paint run. So this sounds awesome to me. Um, you said put on white shirts, you run at night, a 5K, so it's about a three-mile run, mm -hmm. and you throw dry paint on them. What is dry paint, like powdered paint? Well, yes, that's basically the comm set up. That, um, I think it's more of a dye-based uh, powder. And uh, I've seen it at other chapters. I believe Kansas State runs it. But pretty much we'll just be, uh, we'll collect the participants and we're going to get a bunch of dry paint. And when they run through, we just chuck it at them. And uh, I've seen some videos of it. It looks pretty cool. So it's like like powder, like the paint you'd mix water with to make finger paint. So pretty it's just good. powdered stuff. It's, so it's like glow in the dark. So when they're running at nighttime, it'll end up glowing as well. Have like the bright colors, pink, neon, you know, everything. And just and when that powder hits, they're su they're sweating. So yeah, it'll instantly it'll, it'll, it'll become paint. That's right. It'll instantly <laughs> glow and everything. So they'll be running. And they'll be like glowing figures, and it'll be the whole community involved in it. We're gonna try to go to some run communities, uh, some of the. The guys that are in CrossFit and stuff like that who want to come out and just participate and do the run. So, do you uh, are you worried about the one guy in your organization that's going to be a little extreme and maybe try to sneak a paint gun in and shoot people when they <laughs> run by with a paint gun? That makes it even better. As long as it's not a paintball gun where it hurts anybody, then yeah. hey, then we're all okay. Yeah, <laughs> paintball gun. I'm thinking uh, the movie Carrie when they dump the bucket of pig blood on Carrie's head. I'm thinking you should have a five gallon bucket of red paint that you should dump on somebody's head. <laughs> That'll work. That'll and, work. And your excuse is. Hey, it's for charity. It is. It's for charity. That's the whole point of it is to go out there, get dirty, and glow and show the, uh, the light and the spirit behind uh, what we're trying to accomplish. And those fees to run in this 5K will go towards the funding of a track chair that these guys with ATO at Murray State University are going to fund, purchase, and buy, and deliver to the Wounded Warrior Project. That is just awesome to hear. Uh, our guests are Aaron Coughlin and Chad Denson from Murray State University. Uh, real quick before I let you go, tell us about um, the Digital Properties Facebook page or maybe your campus website or um, your chapter website that talks about this initiative for Wounded Warriors. Well, uh, you may follow our uh, chapter page Zeta Lambda ATO. That is the chapter page. Uh, I believe we also have ATO Warrior will be the uh, philanthropy account that you can follow that week for the activities and events coming up. And also for any donations that are likely to be presented from anybody anywhere, um, you can contact me at C Denson and that's C D E N S O N two at MurrayState.edu for more information. More information, there's the email. We've got the Facebook page now. Uh, get involved. Um, raise funding, awareness, Wounded Warrior Project, these track chairs. And now that, you know, when your friend gets a car you've never heard of and uh, all of a sudden now you're aware of the car and you see the car everywhere, 
our listeners, same thing. If you've never heard of a track chair, and now that we're talking about it, you're going to see these things everywhere in the national media, either online, through social media, viral media, broadcast media. You'll see one of these chairs that looks like a tank that moves along the terrain for Wounded Warrior Project that's worth $25,000, and you'll know exactly uh, what these guys are trying to accomplish. I can't thank you for coming uh, on the show enough. Uh, I want to wish you the best of luck, and uh, keep in touch with me. Email me, uh, adam at adamritz.com in the future to let me know when this comes to fruition. Okay, guys? Definitely. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. This is Jerry Kill, the head coach at the University of Minnesota, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. The Adam Rich Show is on location at the American Football Coaches Association National Convention, and we welcome back a friend of the show, Scott Shirley. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hi, Adam. Great to be here. I'm so glad to uh, not only run into you at this convention. It was pre-planned, I have to admit. We wanted (laughs) to get you on the air to talk about your work with Uplifting Athletes. We've showcased your foundation and charity known as Uplifting Athletes several times on the show before, and we're taking advantage of this uh, awesome uh, convention with the American Football Coaches Association, centered and headquartered in Waco, Texas. Yep. Um, I mean, there's big time coaches walking around here, and there's all kind of vendor booths. And you are with um, your own vendor booth with sort of a new, I guess, direction of, of a new part of uplifting athletes. Yeah. You're looking at me like I'm already butchering this, but <laughs> I know I think I'm getting close. Tell us about pledge platform and uh, what this does to help young student athletes raise money for charities it's a it's a really cool story because it started with uplifting athletes and our chapters wanted to find a way to do performance-based fundraising so you know they're already playing games on saturdays they wanted to know if they could raise money for scoring touchdowns and last year we did it with paper and pencil the traditional way and this year we uh try to find a way to automate it and there wasn't anything on the market that did that so we developed it ourselves and uh we use it with florida state in the national championship game and and the players sent out emails to friends and family and uh they pledged five dollars ten dollars a touchdown you know seminoles.com post a story on their website and all of a sudden you have a couple hundred fans are pledging money and each touchdown's worth a couple thousand dollars and it's uh it's a lot of fun the players are very aware of the impact that their performance on the field has on the cause that they've chosen to raise money for but through that process, we also felt like, you know, there's every amateur sports team in America has fundraising needs. It doesn't always have to be this overtly charitable cause like Uplifting Athletes is. You know, there's high schools that need to raise money for equipment or for travel or youth teams that want to lower registration costs to create more opportunities for kids. So we spun off Pledge Platform to sell and license independently so it doesn't create confusion with Uplifting Athletes, but it still benefits Uplifting Athletes on the back end, and it creates new opportunities for amateur athletes around the, around the country. One thing I appreciate as uh, a father of uh, two kids in junior high is that this sort of charity fundraising has nothing to do with selling cookie dough or wrapping paper. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's not product-based, and and every coach that we've talked to here, when you ask them what type of fundraising they do, they roll their eyes, and they say, I'd rather go broke than have to sell more cookie dough. Yeah. You know, and and this is fun because it doesn't have the geographic limitations of product-based fundraising do, so you can email your aunt and uncle, you know. Your, your grandparents, the system's fully automated, fully integrated. So after the game ends, your grandmother's getting an email telling her, 
you know, that, that her grandson's team won. They beat their rival. They, you know, so it gets the fans and the family more engaged and more involved in the lives of the, of the amateur athletes, too. Performance-based fundraising. And I worked at a radio station years ago where we had a relationship with the field goal kicker of, um, of the local you know, team. And every field goal he made, we three, point field, three points, we would donate $300 to his charity. So same type thing. Each player on each college team is sending out an email yep. saying, how much money would you like to donate for every touchdown our team scores? And, yeah, you got a rich uncle that's going to say, I'll give you 500 bucks for every touchdown you score. And then you score 42 points, look out. Yeah. And it's not, like you said, the concept isn't new, but the technology is. Right. And even in that scenario, if the radio station wants to do that again with a kicker, you can then invite your listeners to join you, and they can pledge a dollar per field goal. And all of a sudden, your $300 leading pledge is turning into a $1,000 total pledge. And, you know, our goal is to talk with some of the players that we have relationships with from uplifting athletes that are currently in the NFL. And in the month of October, ask them to make a leading pledge. Say, for every touchdown I throw, I'm going to give 1000 bucks to breast cancer. Yeah. And when they tweet that out and say to their fans, hey, join me, click here and make your pledge today. And it could literally be, it could be a quarter, it could be a dollar, it could be five, ten, whatever, you know, whatever works for the individual. But just when you accumulate that over the massive following that these athletes have, they can really make a difference. The massive following, I, the light bulb is going off, Scott, because you're right, the, you know, a, a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback for Florida State, a lot of people follow him and want to engage with him and want to donate five bucks for every touchdown the national champion team scores. Uh, on a local level, a radio station, I'm going to look into this because a radio station has tens of thousands of listeners, hundreds of thousands of listeners. And if you can get everybody to donate $1 for a touchdown scored, after the game, you could have $200,000 raised. Sure, and the radio station can take a lot of pride in being the catalyst for that. Not I'm a- working on that. I'm, I'm emailing you tomorrow, and we're going to do this from a media perspective. Yeah. You're doing this from the athlete yeah. and, the, and the college football team mm-hmm. perspective. I want to get on the media into this and help yeah. you. That would be awesome. Okay, so Scott Shirley's our guest. Uh, you know him as the executive director and founder of Uplifting Athletes, which is real quick. It's a charity raising money for rare disease based on your personal story with your father that you lost about 10 years ago. Uh, did I miss anything? Uh, no, I mean, it's player run. We have about 25 schools around the country now. Yeah. And Uplifting Athletes, is it as simple as upliftingathletes.org? It is, yeah. Okay, check that out. And now to uh, pledgeplatform.com. Yep. Easy enough. All right. Scott Shirley, always a pleasure having you on the show. We look forward to having you back on. Let's take this sort of radio station, local team, maybe to the NFL level, uh, and see how much money we can raise through Pledge Platform for uh, charities with football and scoring and performance-based charities. Check out pledgeplatform.com. Scott, always a pleasure. Scott Shirley, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.